Hey guys, it's Simi, and this is Brussling Unlimited, as it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It means tonight was AEW Dynamite, and this was, to me, a show of two tales. There was a lot of, there was a good amount of good stuff on this show. There was also a good amount of, what the hell was that, what's going on, what the what, the what? as well. I will say, the end, I'm for it. I want to know... Who's the devil? Who are the devil's henchmen who attacked the acclaimed? I've got a theory here. I've got a theory. So basically, the story is that Adam Cole turned MJF into a big babyface star. Well, what if he did that? So MJF puts his guard down, and in turn, he's the big heel now. He's the devil, and his henchmen... Roderick Strong, and um, the kingdom. What if that's the end game here? And they just slow burn this now all the way till Adam Cole can return. What if that's the play? Just saying. But a lot of things to talk about. There's some news coming out of this show. We got new match set up for the full gear pay-per-view where that's a, oh, I'm excited for the match, but then the, what the, what, what, ain't this supposed to be something, what? And then we got, a great match between Samoa Joe and, and Keith Lee. And then post-match, it's like, what am I watching? You just, what? You, you, Joe? A lot of, hey, here's something cool and exciting and great. And then at the same time, that thing, oh, this was dumb. Like, Mariah May has signed. Awesome. I think she's got potential. Mariah May, why are you here? Oh. Oh. I'm happy to be here, but uh, Tony Storm's here, so that means I'm here too. What? You're the ditzy, dumb blonde who loves Tony Storm? Oh, you're Mickey James and Trish Stratus. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll get into all that and more as we talk about it here in just a moment. But first, I got to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PeteWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below. Or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime. Then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things. Like free games. Free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel. You want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember head over to YouTube. Hit that join button. And become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Alan Wake 2, getting an old game like Spider-Man Miles Morales, claiming the free game, which is only good for the rest of the day. Turn, uh, turn up a boy commits tax evasion. Then tomorrow it changes to Golden Light. Where you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys. Use this code right here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Right now, Fortnite's doing their OG season, so you might want to get into the battle pass of that. Also, Rocket League has Lightning McQueen, so you might want to get that and use this code, PWUNLIMITED, for all your Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. It says right here, 
for Lightning McQueen in Rocket League. And I just lost the page. It says, race ahead with the Lightning McQueen car body. Three Pixar cars inspired decals and the Kachow goal expression. But with that, use code PW Unlimited at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. I did it when you get in the Battle Pass for Fortnite OG. I did it when getting Lightning McQueen and Rocket League. I don't even play Rocket League, but I'm like, I need Rocket McQueen. Lightning McQueen, not Rocket McQueen. <laughs> Lightning McQueen. So, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. As far as Dynamite does go, like I said, really good stuff. But then really what the crap stuff at the exact same time. Dynamite comes on the air with Tony Schiavone backstage introducing us to the AEW world champion, MJF. Asking him about Jay White pinning him last week. MJF says, it's not going to happen again. Three seconds can derail a championship reign. And I'm not going to let that happen again. Oh, I'm getting a call. Oh, I'm going to put it up on the big video board here. Which, that's not really possible. You have to have that fully set up in advance. So, already taking us out of uh, this. What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, I can't. Oh, I can't think now. Basically, make it. Unless your phone is linked to the TV and the monitor and the screen. And even at that. You can't just pull something up on a phone and go, boop, it's on that TV all of a sudden. No, that takes about five minutes to set up, most likely. Anyways, this is probably just a random computer set up to that, and they uh, Skype him in or whatever, Adam Cole. So Adam Cole appears on the screen. Cole said he's worried about Max and full gear. And if he wants to win against the guns, he's going to need to take Joe up on his offer and have Joe as his tag partner. MJF refuses it again and says he has a plan. But first, he has to handle Daniel Garcia. That's when, well, on cue, Garcia, Menard, and Parker all walk up. MJF said that a long time ago, I had some people tell me things, and I didn't want to listen, but now, basically, he said, I'm the veteran, you're the rookie, listen to me. Tonight, I don't want to face the sports entertainer, I want to face the pro wrestler, so what am I getting tonight? Professional wrestler or sports entertainer? Garcia said he's the professional wrestler before walking off. Product Strong then rolls in. Adam! Adam! This shit's just so dumb. You know I don't like this. He comes in with the kingdom. Tries to get MJF to make him his partner. But MJF refuses and he storms off. He says, I'm a legend in this business. And no one wants to believe it, basically, is what he said. Cole cuts the video. He's like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not dealing with Roddy anymore. And he just cuts it off. Strong gets all mad. He's like, you know what? It's time to, to show people why I'm a legend. Remind everybody who the hell I am. Okay, then. Post Caliber welcomes us alongside Tony Schiavone and Taz. We go straight to our opening match. Don't get me started. AW World Title Match. How can MJF defend a belt he doesn't possess? How can this man say, I'm going to defend the AEW world title that I don't even have? Also, why does Jay White even still have the belt? Shouldn't the authority of the company, Tony Khan, make him give it back? That's what Adam Pearce did to, to Sami Zayn on Raw. Sami Zayn on the pay-per-view at the PLE. Stole the briefcase from Damian Priest. And what happened soon as he showed up to the building on Monday? 
Adam Pierce said, give it back. That's not yours. That's what an authority figure does in real life. So if we want to think this is real, hey, Tony Khan, step up and, and be the authority and not let the, the, what do they say? Let the inmates run the asylum. This ain't WCW. So MJF and Daniel Garcia do have a good match. I will say that. And I thought it went longer than I expected. MJF almost lost uh, early on. But then he locked on an early submission. But a rope break by Garcia allowed MJF to mock the dance. Garcia out-wrestled MJF at one point nearly. And nearly did the dance. But then Menard cut him off and was like, be serious. MJF applauds the scrap and offers a hand. But he gets uh, an eye poke instead, leading to a hammerlock slam. MJF continues to work over the arm, heading into a commercial break. Uh, Garcia then mounted a comeback with a released German suplex that sent MJF bouncing into the corner, allowing Garcia to do a one-armed dance before planting MJF with the Brain Buster. So instead of the, is it the one arm? Garcia then got a series of near falls in before a pile driver that he couldn't actually hit due to the one arm being hurt. So Garcia settled for a Saito suplex instead. Garcia charged into the corner, but MJF escaped and hit a double stomp to the elbow and, underhook shoulder bra- and an underhook shoulder breaker. There's a violent hammerlock cradle DDT that got a two. Garcia scrambled out of a salt of the earth attempt and a heat seeker. MJF hit a corner super kick, but missed a Panama sunrise. This led to Garcia chopping out the leg of the champion. Garcia then planted MJF with a one-armed pile driver and got a close two before sinking in the lion, the dragon tamer. Garcia fell back and danced a bit before MJF, allowing MJF to pull back on the injured arm and then put him in the salt of the earth and lock in for the submission victory. So there we go. MJF does retain the title. Post-match, MJF offered him a handshake, but as Garcia went for it, Menard and Parker pulled him back. MJF asked if Garcia will keep... Following them, he got the crowd to chant for Garcia, but then Menard and Parker stopped it. So I don't know what's going on here. They're eventually, I feel like they're going to split Daniel Garcia off from 2.0. And they're kind of making it, what's the word I'm looking for? Making it feel like they're holding him back in a way. That's how I, I took all this. Give me one second. I got a message here. Uh, nothing pertinent. Just about my daughter. She's sick right now, so. Getting a update. Um. Okay, got it. As I said, let me know if she's feeling any. Because she came home from school today not feeling good, stuffed up, all this. And I was like, is she going to go to school tomorrow or what? And she's feeling better, so depending on how she works up, wakes up in the morning, she's probably going to go to school. But she's got a soccer game tomorrow. That so She's a cheerleader and a soccer player. The girls don't have a soccer game, but the boys have a soccer game, so the girls are cheerleading at the soccer It's this whole thing. Yeah. Tony Giovanni let us know. Jim Valley told him that this was the first time Sting wrestled in Oregon since night. 1989. Really? You mean all those years in WCW, they never went to Oregon with Sting? Huh? We're going all the way back to like Portland days? Also, 
Cool Jim Valley call out. Floyd and Magnum got the upper hand in this match as it was Sting and Darby against the Outrunners, Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. Uh, there were loud chants for We Want Sting from the crowd. Floyd took too long to deliver a suplex as Allen tagged Sting in upside down. And Sting saved his partner. Magnum then pulled Allen to the floor. And Sting no-sold a double back elbow as the Outrunners posed. Dueling Sting and Coffin Splash. A dueling Stinger and Coffin Splashes connected before Sting sank in the Scorpion Deathlock on Floyd and got the submission victory. Quick match. We got a couple of these quick squash tag matches tonight. Tony Schiavone was backstage earlier today with a car sheet and Tony Storm. And it was black and white. And I go, oh no. Just like I asked last week. Is this whole match at the pay-per-view going to be in black and white? I hope not. I hope not. Anyways, Giovanni said, don't adjust your TV screens. It really looks like this. She had a question what happened to Storm, who said she's still upset about what happened at All In and will become the first three-time AEW Women's Champion. And Sheeta will never have the spotlight. Storm signed the contract all nice and big. She, she takes the pen, right? Like, Lutha, a pen. And she on her tongue right before signing really big. And when she does this, both Shivani and Shida go, Ugh. <laughs> it was funny. She's like, oh. So Shida signs the contract as well. The two ladies go face to face. Storm said, chin up, hits out, and watch for the shoe. She didn't do the shoe like she normally does. She's like, watch for the shoe. And then Shida smacks the shoe out of her hand. And that's it. It was all right. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It was a little contract signing for the title match. Then we had Swerve Strickland and Penta El Zero Miedo. This was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Like, I really, really liked this match. Calibur informed us that due to Strickland and Nana breaking into Hangman Page's home two weeks ago, Page has been banned from ringside during the match. That way he doesn't get involved during the match. Remember, that's during the match. And so both Strickland and Pentish showed their athleticism early on in some back and forth action. But Strickland did get the upper hand on. And with a head scissors and a leaping uppercut. Penta then started a chop exchange. So Strickland stomped on the hand and put a stop to him. Penta fought back with a backstabber that sent Strickland outside. But cut off a diving Penta. After sidestepping Strickland... Penta hit a thrust kick and finally connected with a somersault dive to go into a commercial break. We returned to a slugfest with both men countered as there was a Made in Japan that got countered and then a JML driver that got countered as well, both colliding into one another at one point with double clotheslines. After a series of misdirects, Penta hit multiple sling blades before hitting his new fireman's carry jackhammer for a two. Strickland was sent crashing to the outside as Penta follows up with a spectacular springboard destroyer from the ring to the apron. Penta then connected on a double uh, double top rope double stomp. A top rope double stomp. And Strickland did kick out at two. Penta then tried going for the float over in the corner. And Strickland flipped the legs on the, on the top buckle. Crashing Penta down on his head. While hung up in the ropes. Strickland hit a slingshot double stomp to the floor. Before missing a 450 splash back in the ring. With Penta trapping and snapping the arm back. It was a made in Japan that connected for the closest of two counts, and both men missed home run shots before Penta punted the bad arm. 
Strickland countered Fear Factor again, this time into a uh, Powerbomb Death Valley Driver before getting payback by snapping the Arm of Penta. Swerve then hit the Swerve Stomp and connected with a Strickland and connected as Strickland got the pin. So there we go. Swerve gets the win, which we expected. And then as soon as the match ends, Swerve's trying to take off the mask of Penta when out comes Hangman. Hangman appears with a chair and starts swinging, but Strickland gets out of the ring. Him and Nana try to run away, but only Nana get away, got away. Strickland was laid out with a chair on the ramp. As multiple officials and security tried to stop it all, Paige connected with a dead eye off the stage through a table, screaming at Strickland that he's a dead man. Calver said that Paige had to be careful hitting security with a chair. It might cost him, which, again, you know, Strickland broke into the man's home. Cost him what? His job? This man is fighting for his goddamn family now. Excalibur. I don't think he cares. So, finally he wants to stand up for his family. Now, I know he left the Bucks last week in the trios match, and they lost the, the tag titles, the six-man titles, whatever. and so, But it's like, this man still hasn't even cut a promo on Swerve being in his home. But Alex Abrahantes did. And that's why we got the Pento match. Like, what the what? This is kind of backwards booking to me. So, I'm... It's whatever. The man broke into your home. And two weeks later, you finally get your revenge. No, I get it. You tried to do it last week. And they held you back. And this... But you still haven't even said anything about it. We get you're upset. Are you really? Uh, Krill says... The last time Singh wrestled in Oregon... Before tonight was back on January 12th, 1989. Yeah, that's what we said. Thanks to Jim Valley and Tony Schiavone. Well, they sent it to the Scoopster. Alex Marvez in the back. Oh, what the Scoopster? Oh, okay. Okay. He's with Bullet Club Gold. We're back from their vacation. Jay White cut a promo and ran down MJF saying no matter what MJF does, White will always be better than him. They also said that if... Jay White loses tonight to Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe gets the title match at Full Gear, not Jay White. Where the hell did that come from? Why does that make any sense? Nobody thought Jay Briscoe or Mark Briscoe was winning anyway, so it's like, meh. Video package for next week's um, Like a Dragon Street Fight was shown. Kenny Omega with Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, talking about Cody Bushi and Paul White against the Don Callis family. Still don't know if Sammy Guevara is cleared for the match. They're advertising Sammy Guevara for this match. We don't even know if he's cleared. So that's the thing. It's like, is Sammy even going to be able to work the match? Last we heard, he's not cleared yet. And that was as of last week. Oh, no update this week. <clears throat> Renee Piquet is backstage with the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, saying the next week is the final battle. Once... Jericho started talking. He was immediately cut off by the Young Bucks. And this is where shit got kind of dumb. It was really dumb. Matt Jackson makes fun of the Golden Jets and their name and brings up another name, the Elite. Jericho said the Bucks are supposed to be friends with Omega, so why are they against him? He said uh, they weren't there when Powerhouse Hobbs beat him up. Jericho said, if he recalls, it was all four of them who started AEW. But Matt said it was typical Jericho taking credit for something and then cashing a big check. Jericho reminded Matt who he's talking to and said he still thinks Jericho and Omega can beat the Bucks. 
Matt and Nick just said, hey, we got a show coming up in our hometown. So how about we face you guys in a tag team match? <laughs> and Jericho goes, wait, aren't you guys supposed to be getting tag title shots? How would we put that guaranteed tag title shot on the line? And I'm like, finally somebody mentions it. These guys won a big tag title match or tag team number one contenders match at the last pay-per-view. This is the first time I've heard anybody mention that they're number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team titles. So the Bucks are like, yeah, cool. Actually, Matt Moore is like, yeah, we'll, we'll put our number one contendership on the line. And then Kenny goes, what are we doing here? We're friends. Why would I want to fight you? Now, I know I can beat you because... In tag team action I have before. But why would I want to? You guys are really coming off like you're spoiled. Whiny, bitchy little children. So if I have to, yeah. We'll fight you at the pay-per-view of full gear. I'm like, thank you, Kenny. You finally, somebody said it. Spoiled, whiny, bitchy little children. Jericho said he'd be glad to take the bucks to the woodshed. And beat their spoiled little asses. It's going to be a really good match. I'm just going to say it. But it makes no goddamn sense whatsoever at all. Yet, that's AEW's MO. Match for match sake, even if it doesn't make sense storyline anywhere. So what's the story here? Matt and Nick, and not even Nick. Nick's just a hanger on or following his big brother, Matt. Matt is mad that Kenny is now teaming with Jericho. But when Don came after when Don and Takeshita and that group came after Kenny, where were the Bucks to save him? Nowhere to be seen. Jericho was there to save him because they were also going after Jericho at the same time, so technically they saved each other. But yeah, that's the story we're supposed to think here, is Jericho and Kenny are together because they have a common enemy. Matt is mad that Kenny is with Jericho, but Kenny is with Jericho because they have a common enemy and Jericho has helped him with that enemy. But the Bucks haven't. So, yeah. But I like Kenny going, why should I fight you? Well, I don't want to fight you. We're friends. But I know I can beat you because I haven't tag team action before. When it was the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers in Long Beach. Then we had Samoa Joe versus Keith Lee for the Ring of Honor TV title. And this match was amazing. This match was awesome. This match was fun. But the post-match made... Godly no sense at all for multiple different reasons. So both took turns just colliding into one another with shoulder tackles with Joe getting an eye poke to the lead uh, to lead Joe getting an eye poke that led to his being poked as well. Lee then hit him with a full head of steam and flattened him and commentary's like, I don't think I've ever seen anybody flatten smoke Joe like that before. Some clubbering, clubbering blows and an overhead double chop by Lee, who wrenched away at the face of Joe in the ropes as Meet Forever Chance echoed throughout the building. Now, last time WWE had a big meaty match, they referenced Big E and his big meaty man meeting Meat. They couldn't really do that here in AEW, but the crowd did it for us. So like, Meet Forever, Meet Forever, because this was Big Meaty Man beating Meat. Joe turned the tides at one point. And lit up Lee with some punches. But a leapfrog dropped down. And massive crossbody by Lee sent Joe to the floor and into a commercial break. Back from the break, Lee unleashed some corner strikes. But Joe responded with a massive sit-out knee breaker. Lee tried to fight back. But a dragon screw quickly floored him. Allowing Joe to zone in. 
Joe com Joe's combo of a Manhattan drop and a big boot connected, but Lee was ready to counter the senton and hit a released German suplex. Both men slugged it out before Lee planted a charging Joe with a pop-up powerbomb for a close two. Lee wanted the ground zero, but Joe got free. He locked in a cocaine clutch as Lee passed out, and the referee called the match final. He's like, yep, he can't go no more. Joe wins. Then we get... Give me one second. Then we get... Samoa Joe and just stupidness. So Samoa Joe is like, I came here as the AEW or the Ring of Honor. So Samoa Joe says, I came here as the Ring of Honor television champion. But that's not what I want anymore. And he lays the title down and commentary is like, what's going on? He says, the title that I really want is the AEW World Championship and I'm coming after you. MJF. So Joe thinks he can't beat the Ring of Honor TV champion to challenge for the AEW world title? That makes no sense on multiple levels. Because if you want to be a great champion, why not want to be a multiple champion? And if you want to be a great champion and challenge for another title, go for it because you've already done that. He's already challenged MJF for the world title as the Ring of Honor television champion. So how does this make any sense? It doesn't. If Samoa Joe is telling us that he can't challenge MJF for the world title unless he is not a champion already? What? Because you've already done it. Remember the goddamn Grand Slam show when you were the ROH TV champion challenging MJF for the AEW world title? This makes no sense at all. So backstage, we got Orange Cassidy and Hook. Standing by is Cassidy. That John Moxley is the only person he's thought about ever since Moxley left him in a pool of his own blood at All Out. Cassidy apologized for picking up the pieces, not of Ray Phoenix, but the inter international championship that Moxley, well, dropped. Cassidy needs to beat Moxley in order to feel like the actual champion, though. He said he's going to do that at full gear. This wasn't bad. This was really good. He's like... Yes, I beat Phoenix for the title, but it, something doesn't feel right, and I need to beat John Moxley. He's like, basically, Moxley beat me. And now, to feel like the real champion, I want to be the guy that beat me. That makes sense. So we have the guns against the Bollywood boys. This match didn't last long at all. Austin and Colton wasted zero time attacking at the bell. They connected with a 310 to Yuma and won within seconds. Like, what? The Guns, post-match, call MJF a liar who has been lying to the fans for years, which wasn't something a generational talent does as they ran down their resume and called themselves generational talents themselves. Austin called MJF an embarrassment and said, at full gear, the ROH tag titles go into the hands of the real tag team before hitting the Guns Up line, which I don't like at all. If you're going to say, I got two words for you, so, back in the day, I got two words for you, and then the suck it was like a, yeah, screw you line. But what does guns up even mean? We got two words for you. Guns up. What does that even mean? Can somebody let me know? What does guns up even mean? Like, is there a definition for that? Guns up meaning. Is this some sort of penis joke or something? 
guns up meaning i don't know the guns up sign is the widely recognized greeting of one red rider red raider to another something to do with so it's a texas tech thing that's it they go guns up you do that to one texas tech alum to the other huh that's what it is texas tech thing well, i don't think this guy's when these the guns didn't go to texas tech It's supposed to be a playoff of suck it. It's supposed to be a playoff of their dad, Billy, and we got two words for you. But it's just dumb. At least we got two words for you. Suck it. It's like a, a anti-authority thing. Like screw you, f you. Well, this is just we got two words for you. Guns up. Hey Texas Tech. Hey Texas Tech student. What's up? That's what it is. That's really what it is. John Moxley and Wheeler Utica promos backstage. Moxley said that he'd been getting calls to let Orange Cassidy off the hook. As Cassidy didn't know what he was doing when he won back the international championship. Moxley questioned the example that he'd be setting for young Yuta if he just let him go. Let him do what he wanted. He said no. He's going to beat the piss out of Orange Cassidy. Moxley issued a challenge next week for himself and Yuta against Cassidy and Hook. He basically said, also, when we get to L.A., as soon as we all land at LAX, we're fighting. I don't care where it is, we're fighting. So basically, he wants a L.A. street fight. You just said that Hook has messed with the wrong crew and said that he'll see Hook and Cali. So, expect that match to be made official as well. I think it's going to be Hook versus, I can see Hook versus Yuta on the pre-show. Maybe even for the FTW title. Maybe you put it on the main card. Because how many matches are on this main card so far? Full gear 2023. So far, we only have... Oh, crap. More than I thought. But still only seven matches. Tony likes like 11, 12, 13. So, we still have seven matches. Only have seven matches on the show so far. Video package played for Wardlow. Basically, he's training and he still wants MJF. Nothing more to it. He said, for my first three years here in AEW, I had a foot on me constantly by MJF holding me down. But now I'm going to take everything that he desires and wants and cares for. Okay. Didn't he say this before and nothing came of it? Didn't he beat MJF and nothing came of it? Then we had Julia Hart versus Red Velvet. It was Julia Hart's 22nd birthday. And I think it was Shivani was like, and I bet you the the dark, or not the dark order, the uh, House of Black got her a black birthday cake to celebrate. I thought that was funny. Basically, this match doesn't matter. It's all about the post-match and where we're going. So, they really played up the fact that Red Velvet has got a lot of ring rust. She's been gone for nine months with a knee injury, and this is her first match back. Velvet fired off a series of arm drags. Arm drag, like Jericho would say, and worked the arm of Hart to start. But Hart rolled through, and both ladies did the splits into a stalemate. Hart tripped up Red Velvet, who quickly turned the tables with the corner strikes and did some splits into a choke. Hart escaped corner punches, pulling the legs of Velvet out and crashing hard. This allowed Hart to control during a commercial break. Velvet mounted a comeback with a leg lariat and followed this up with the wheelbarrow, wheelbarrow bulldog. There was a charging double knee to the back that connected, and Hart tapped, uh, trapped in the ropes as Velvet follows up the standing moonsault for a two. Velvet ran into the corner, a cornerback elbow, but flattened Hart with a variation of the Icono slam and got a near fall. Velvet was slow to follow up from this, though, allowing Hart to hit a thrust kick and a massive moonsault 
for the victory. Julia Hart does get the win. After the match, Hart locked on the Hart list before Sky Blue would walk down to the ring, and the two had a little bit of a face-off. Chris Statlander would then get in the ring. Willow would then come out, but she would go help uh, Red Velvet. And then Statlander kind of stared at Sky Blue, stared over at Julia Hart, and then Sky Blue just left. And they're like, Sky Blue hit her with the blue mist last week. She's got the mist in her mouth. Is she going to use it? And nothing happened. And then they try to tell us afterwards, you know, this all is really over the TBS championship. This all is just about the TBS title. Really? Is it? Because I, I didn't get that at all. Yes, the TBS champion was out there to try and de-escalate whatever could have happened. But I didn't get that this was all about the TBS title. Because if that's the case, then you've done a piss poor job to tell us that. Because I just thought Julia Hart and Sky Blue didn't like each other. I thought that's all it was. And for some reason, Chris Statlander wanted to get involved. And yeah, I didn't understand any of this being the, the oh, they all want the TBS title. Huh? Yeah, none of that makes sense at all. You know what else didn't make sense? The debut of Mariah May. RJ City is backstage and said, we may have heard some rumblings on this next announcement, but I want to introduce AEW's newest signing, Mariah May, who walks in and says she's excited to be here in AEW. RJ City then goes, so what are your plans, your goals, your aspirations for AEW? And she's just like, huh? And I just, I put my hand in my head and I was just like, she just really just hunted him. Like she didn't know what he meant or something. And then she just goes, well, I'm a really big fan of your work, RJ. And also, I'm here because Tony Storm's here and that's why I'm here. And she's like very excited and bubbly and ditzy. And then she kissed RJ and thanked him. And yeah, basically she's just a dumb chick on the roster. She's a ditzy blonde. He literally said, what are your goals and aspirations? She's like, huh? I'm just happy to be here in AEW. You know, I really like your work. And you know, Tony Storm's here. So I'm here too. The what? If you couldn't have made her look more of a nothing individual in her first on-screen anything, well, you did it. I don't think you could have made her come off any worse. Like, she comes off as the ditzy, dumb blonde that, oh, she's a fan of Tony Storm. So is this Mickey James, 2004, 2005, 2004? Or like when Sable followed around uh, Tori Wilson for a while in 2004? Like, come on. This did her no favors at all. So, yeah. I wish there was there was more here and telling us why we should be excited for her signing. Because if you've never heard of Mariah May before, and I bet you a good chunk of this audience, if not upwards of 75, 80, if not more, a percent of this audience has never heard of her. If you've never heard of her before, you just go, who is this and why should I be excited? That's another blonde chick on the show. Fonzie says 2005. I wasn't sure if it was 2004, 2005. Well, actually, no. Wouldn't it be 2006? Because wasn't the Mickey Trish match at 22? 
for it culminated so 2005 into 2006 yeah was it mickey trish at 22 yeah mickey james defeated trish Stratus wrestlemania 22 wasn't that the culmination of all that so it was 2005 into 2006 anyways here's the thing though it's like if we're supposed to be excited for the signing of Mariah May, this didn't do it at all. Especially for people who have no clue who she is. Uh, Mr. Amazing says the Tori Wilson and Sable thing was 2003. Gotcha. Wasn't sure if I was three or four. Well, wasn't it 2003 going into 2004, though? Because they did team up in the Playboy evening gown match at WrestleMania 20, which was 2004. Mickey made her debut in 2005. Right, but it went into 2006 because they had the Mania match. That's what I was trying to say, Fonzie. But yeah, I think they already fumbled the bag with Mariah May. So let me go into our main event. Who's played Jay White against Mark Briscoe. The winner of this match will move on to Full Gear to face um, MJF for the world title, even though Switchblade's already got the world title. And yeah, in no way whatsoever did I... Or anybody else in this world think that Mark Briscoe was winning? At all. I'm going to say that right now. I don't think anybody did. So there was a fast start by Briscoe as White was forced to regroup outside with his buddies. White tried working a headlock, but Briscoe easily escaped and fired off some chops, sending White outside yet again, where Briscoe hit a dive and an elbow off the apron. Robinson then took the referee long enough for Colton to trip up Briscoe, allowing White to connect with the DDT. White faked a leg injury that let the Bullet Club Gold swarm on the attack in a picture-in-picture break. Back from the break, Briscoe fought off a superplex and scored one on the middle ropes, and then a drop kick as well, and the crowd loudly was behind him. We were really chatting Mark Briscoe during this match. There was a stiff, striking exchange that took place with Briscoe wiping off, uh, whipping off some chops, from White and unloading a series of his own. Briscoe was a house of fire as he planted White with a neckbreaker for a two. Briscoe countered a Uranagi into a fisherman's buster for another close near fall. White raked the eyes while on the apron and hit a dragon screw to, a, uh, to go after the previously injured knee. Remember, Mark Briscoe just came back from knee surgery about, what, four or five months ago or so? Briscoe wasn't behind for long, though, as a rolling DVD and a huge froggy bow connected for a two. Briscoe did go for the J-Driller, but White spun out and hit a Uranagi into a double down. Robinson screamed and was blessed with the Kiwi Crusher as White followed up the chop block with a, a chop block to take out the leg of Briscoe. White then wanted a Blade Runner, but Briscoe spun out and hit an Exploder and a massive Lariat. Briscoe called for the finish, but White backdropped out of a J-Driller and connected with a Sleeper Suplex, followed by a Brain Buster. Briscoe then chopped his way out of a Blade Runner, but couldn't dodge another sleeper suplex and a straitjacket brain buster and a Blade Runner that put Briscoe away to finish the match. So, Jay White wins. Cool. Post-match, MGF's music hits. Bullet Club Gold all post up in the ring. They're looking up the ramp. They're looking up the ramp. No MJF. MJF is in the ring behind them. MJF's wearing the diamond ring, and he starts knocking fools out. He knocks out the guns. He knocks out Juice. We're squaring off with Jay. Who's got the belt? MJF's got the ring, but Jay Bales. Jay Bales and MJF cuts a promo. 
MJF says that he'll go down as the greatest AEW world champion of all time, as White will have to kill him to beat him. The first time in his life, MJF says he's not fighting for just himself. He's fighting for everybody who's been on this journey with him since day one. MJF is not just a scumbag. He is the fan scumbag, and he is doing this for Adam Cole and others who have been there with him. He said, will White be the first man to pull the trigger at full gear? So, yeah. Lights then go out. And also, also, they've made MJF a huge babyface megastar. Like, they've done it. He was already a big star. Now he's a huge babyface. And I didn't think that was possible anytime soon. So the lights go out. When we come back, we see this, this video on the screen. And then it cuts to that. And it's the acclaimed and daddy ass getting beaten up by three or four uh, masked men backstage. Um... Max Caster is thrown headfirst into a door as Anthony Bowens is thrown through a glass window. Camera then cuts. We get that same devil video. Or it cuts away. Or it cuts away again to showing MJF in the ring. MJF then drops the mic, runs out of the ring to the back, and he's too late. The destruction has already been done as he's looking down at the acclaimed and Billy, going, oh my God, what just happened? And then Samoa Joe walks up. Joe walks up and says, Looks like Champ is running out of friends before laughing and walking off and the show going off the air. So, yeah. Great hang, uh, great cliffhanger finish to the show. I did like that. thought the main event was also really good. MJF's promo at the end, really good. Great closing of this show. I will say that. The last 30 minutes or so of this show was all really good stuff. Really good stuff. As far as stuff we're getting coming up this week, so... Friday is a live rampage, and they announced one match. Also, that same night, they're filming Saturday's Collision. I don't know why they're doing this, but they are. And so, if you're going to be there in Oakland, which they're doing buy one, get one tickets, and they haven't even told anybody the buy one, get one uh, coupon code. Like, what is this? You're doing buy one, get one tickets in Oakland, California. And nobody knows the BOGO code to even get the buy one, get one tickets. Anyways, as far as Rampage does go, only one match has been announced. It's FTR against El Hilo Del Fakingo and Commander. That's all we know for Rampage on Friday. As far as the show that will air on Saturday, but will be filmed on Friday, Collision, two matches have been announced. It's Roosh and Drillistico against the Workhorsemen, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, plus six-man tag team action, or trios action as they call it. Sting, Darby Allen, and Adam Copeland against Lance Archer, Vincent, and Dutch. As far as next week's AEW Dynamite does go, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Kota Ibushi, and Paul White will take on the Don Callis family in a Like a Dragon sleep, uh, street fight. Like a Dragon Gaiden, Gaiden, Gaida, Gaiden? Street fight. Gaiden. Like a Dragon Gaiden, street fight. Most apparently, Orange Cassidy and Hook will take on John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta. That will be the go-home show. Well, the Dynamite go-home show for AEW Full Gear. Full Gear is one week from this Saturday. With that, guys, I thought there was a lot of good stuff on this on this Dynamite, but a lot of dumb, what-the-hell-was-that stuff on this Dynamite as well. So it's like, I guess I'd have to put it in the middle of it was just all right, but leaning more towards I liked it. So you know what I thought of the show. Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's show. Also... AW had some stiff competition tonight on, on broadcast television. I want to look something up really fast. 2022 CMA Awards. 
ratings. So tonight on ABC was the Academy of Country Music. No, the Country Music Awards. The oh, I know what this is. The CMA, the Country Music Association. Last year on um, ABC, this show did 9.7 million viewers. So big competition for Dynamite. Plus, airing on NBC, CNBC, NBC News, and MSNBC was the Republican debate. We had two big things going head-to-head with them. And so I don't know how that's going to affect the number for tonight's show, if any of that is seen as competition for Dynamite, and if it's, you know, the same people that would normally watch Dynamite are going to watch one of those shows as well, but just saying. On broadcast television, both ABC and NBC had some stiff competition. Like I said, last year, the CMA Awards on ABC, hosted by Luke Bryan and Peyton Manning, who made a big joke on the Jets tonight, did 9.7 million viewers across both ABC and digital platforms. So we'll see how that all does go when we get the rating tomorrow. But now I want to see what you guys Thought of tonight's AEW Dynamite as we refresh all the polls. As far as the Twitch poll does go, everybody that voted, like the show. 100% like the show. Looking at the Twitter X poll, 51% liked the show. 27% thought it was just all right. And 21% did not like it. Looking at the YouTube community poll. Nope, I didn't do a YouTube community poll. What the? I thought I did. Hold on, let me refresh this. I never sent the community poll out. I apologize. As far as the YouTube live poll we got, though, 76% liked the show, 18% thought it was just all right, and 6% did not like it. So with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Now, we'll be back on Friday. Not sure if I'm doing a wrestling wrap-up because the kids don't have school on Friday. And so I might be taking them to see the Marvels Friday morning. But maybe do the wrap-up after that, depending on what time you go to the movies. Maybe do the wrap-up before that. Maybe do a pre-tape wrap-up. Figure it out. But we will be live Friday for SmackDown and the SmackDown review Friday evening. Plus, I will be live tonight. Twitch.tv forward slash TimmyBuddy in just a little bit. Playing some games on Twitch. We'll be over there hanging out, doing stuff as well. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.